So we're back. Yay. Again, part two of Fred and Rose West. I'm not really very hyped today, I must admit. Um, yeah, I was at work this morning and then I went to the gym. I did a really good gym session, actually. Um, I don't know. I just came back home and like laid in bed and then I literally drove. I went out. I went out to the petrol station to get mm. Pringles. I really wanted prawn cocktail Pringles. <laughs> I went to the petrol station and they had every flavour but prawn cocktail. So I literally got back in my car and drove to another shop. Oh my god! And then I got back into bed, and now I'm recording. So I was supposed to. My alarm is set for six thirty in the morning every morning. Yeah, I know. I normally wake up naturally around six anyway, but it's just in case. Mm. And to be fair, I woke up at half six, but I was like, if I get up right now, I'm going to be dead to the world later. Like, yeah, I just didn't sleep. So I went back to bed for an hour, and then. Woke up and honestly, while I was sat at my desk in work at about two o'clock, I was my eyes were doing that thing, you know, when they're just closing by themselves. And like, you just, you, you can't, no matter what you do, you can't keep your eyes open. Um, I swear yeah. I fell asleep for like 10 minutes. Like, I'm so glad I was only working this morning. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day at work, to, like at the moment as well. Like, every day is the same. But anyway, it's enough of our boring lives. Yeah. So I hope you know who we are by now. Um, if you don't, this is and the you're 12th new, episode. Yeah, if you don't and you're new, then I'm Grace. I'm Lydia, <laughs> and this is everything with the girls. But I mean, if you are brand new onto this episode, you're going to want to jump back one and listen to Definitely. part one because this is a part two. Um. Okay. So every week we're going to bring you true crime cases based on specific themes because we've come to the decision that. This is what we're interested in. This is what we want to talk about. Yeah. So this month we've done Couples Who Kill. This is our last episode. Um, and it is part two of Fred and Rose West. Um, so if you haven't already, go back and listen to the first episode. It's just going to make so much sense. The last episode we spoke about Fred and Rose's early lives, as well as their murders, um, their assaults that they committed together and separately. And now we're finally, we just spoke about the murder of Rose Heather Heather oh sorry Heather um who was the daughter and it's that's the last murder that they're known to have committed together yeah so yeah let's get into it so in May 1992 Fred began raping and sodomizing what is sodomizing let's just clarify um should I google it yeah because I know it's not a good thing imagine my fucking google yeah, it's shit. The amount of stuff that I Google, I think anal intercourse with someone. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was like, I thought it was the same as rape. I thought sodomizing. Well, it is. But, yeah. But I guess it's anal. Yeah. Um. Anal. So yeah, he did all that shit with one of his thirteen-year-old daughters, Louise. So according to the research, Fred began raping her in 1992 and hadn't done so before this although he had been sexually assaulting her since 1990. Um, And Louise was shocked, to say the least. She was very upset and informed Rose what had happened, expecting her mother to actually do something. And instead, Rose replied, well, what did you expect? You're a piece of shit, Rose. That's what we didn't (laughs) need to expect. I, I mean, she's a piece of shit, they both are. After a few more occasions, Louise confided in a friend that her father was raping her and her mother had even filmed it. That friend then informed her mother, 
who informed the police. Did you, well, not pause, for, did you pause for effect there? A little bit, but I also had a bit of a sick burp coming up. Three <laughs> <laughs> quarks. Oh, we're glamorous over here. Me and my spot cream, <laughs> you and your sick burps. We are just too glamorous to go. Should I keep that bit in? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Well done to that mother for not thinking that their, her daughter and her friend are making up lies because there are plenty of people who would not have believed them. I don't. Uh, I'd believe that. I would as well. Like, I'd take it seriously. I was trying to but think if I would, yeah, because I'd be like, what the fuck? Who would lie about that? There, no, there definitely would be times where the kids are like, you're just making stuff up now for attention. Mm, yeah. In August 1992, the police searched 25 Cromwell Street in the pretext of searching for stolen property. Whilst there, police seized around 100 homemade and commercial pornographic films. However, the tape of Louise was never found. Louise made a formal confession to the police through a solicitor and all the children were taken into social care that day. Whilst in foster care, the West children divulged that Rose inflicted most of the physical beatings while Fred did the sexual assaults and the sweet talking afterwards. The children even stated that it was a running joke in their family that if they were to tell their friends what was going on, they would be buried under the patio like Heather. That's Heather, who was their sister. Heather, who was was who they all thought had gone missing and they didn't know where she'd gone. Yeah. Police began a full investigation with Fred being charged with the rape and buggery. Is that a thing? Rape and buggery, yeah. I think buggery is like assault. Really? Like is that the word? <laughs> is that where, like, where you call someone a bugger comes from? Welcome to Grace's Google Corner. Because if that is where the word comes from, I have inappropriately Buggery called people buggers all the time. UK, an act of the po- what? Oh, the act defined buggery as an unnatural sexual act against the will of God and man. Okay, this is like Henry the Eighth. So it's rape. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're just trying Buggery. to bring the yeah. hammer down even more. But it's more. just you yeah. know what the fucking you know what like the laws and stuff. They're so outdated, aren't they? Oh yeah, and they are written so that the common man doesn't understand it. Remember that, people. Common man like Fred Worth. Ooh. Oh, just the common person with a in- average intelligence. So he was charged with that, while Rose was charged with being an accomplice. She was also charged with child cruelty and Fred and Rose were questioned on the whereabouts of Heather. And as usual, their stories changed multiple times. Stories included Rose having no idea where Heather was and Heather being alive and well and Heather having run away because she was a lesbian. I mean, I think she as well, like the police, the police were questioning her and she like she changed her story to the police. It wasn't like yeah, yeah. It wasn't like oh, she told one person that she didn't know where the Heather was, and she told the police no, that she no, was no, no. Well, like, she told someone else she was a lesbian. She like kept changing her mind. She's like, um, I don't know, maybe yeah, she's okay. I, yeah, I mean, she's a lesbian. What? Yeah. Rose was granted bail, and Fred was kept awaiting trial. But plot twist: who turns up again? Anna Marie. Do we remember Anna Marie? Vaguely, yeah. Um. I don't remember who Anna Marie is. Anna Marie was the... Oh, Anna Marie. Fuck. Okay. Anna Marie is Rena's daughter, Charmaine's sister. Yes. Who ran away from home. Oh, I forgot she'd run away from so home. I think she's Fred West's first biological child. Yeah, she is. Yeah. 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 
But she's not so, roses, uh, but anyway. No, no. So Anna Marie had learnt of what was happening and was aware that Fred was claiming to be totally innocent, so decided to make a statement to the police recounting the extensive abuse she suffered. Yes, Anna Marie. Yeah. She also informed the police that she'd been trying unsuccessfully to track down her mother, Rena, and her sister, Charmaine. The case against Fred and Rose initially collapsed when Louise and Anna Marie decided they could not testify against them as they feared that something bad might happen if they did. However, Anna Marie made sure to stress that Charmaine and and Rena were missing. The police continued their investigation and found that no record existed indicating that Heather was still alive at all and began digging deeper into Fred's past. Police also noted that Rena and Charmaine, who disappeared in 1971, also had no missing person report filed and their suspicions grew from there. The police recalled Fred's joke, quotation marks, obviously, to his children about Heather being under the patio. And on the 23rd of February, 1994, Gloucester police applied for a search warrant authorising the search of 25 Cromwell Street to locate Heather's remains. Police arrived at 25 Cromwell Street and were greeted with an abusive and rude rose when they were informed her of the search warrant. I mean, no change there? No, definitely not. Fred was away with work at the time and did not arrive home for three hours. When Fred did arrive home, he assured the police that the comments about Heather's being under the patio was merely a joke and he would be willing to make a formal witness statement. Police were not reassured, however, and they remained at the property overnight in order to guard the excavation site. Now, I think, say what you want about the police, but they handled this case really well. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. Like, it's so lucky that they didn't leave that night because he could have so easily dug Heather back up and got rid of her. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he probably wouldn't have been able to dig up all the bodies that were under there, but... No, no. Okay. So now we get down to the discovery of evidence. Now, I'm going to do these in like date order so that we can stick with it because it happens within like a space of only like a few days, I think. Yeah. Okay, so it's the 25th of February, 1994. Police arrive at Cromwell Street that morning and Fred indicated to them that he wished to be arrested for the murder of Heather and he was immediately taken to Berlin's police station. Fred formally admitted to the police that he killed his daughter but claimed that it was manslaughter and he strangled her in a fit of rage. I mean, is that manslaughter? Mm, well, he's trying to say that it's an accident, yeah. but it's not because you can still prove murder even if they haven't premeditated it weeks in advance. It only takes a split second to premeditate murder. Yeah, I guess in in like America you have first degree, second degree, don't you? I mean, yeah, but they don't have manslaughter in America. So second oh, degree they? murder, okay. no. Second degree murder is manslaughter essentially. Okay, interesting. From anyway. what I understand anyway. But we're in England And then there's anyway, different, so different not, levels of that. It's not even relevant anyway, yeah. because we're in England. But yeah, I mean, he dismembered her, so I'm not sure if you can then say. No, exactly. That that counts to murder as well. Mm, like, So Fred, you can seal in evidence as well. Fred, I think you fucked up a bit. Fred was insistent that, Fro- that Rose has no knowledge of this murder and then informed police that they were excavating the wrong part of the garden. The next day, 26th of February, police began excavating a section of garden that Fred had informed them of. However, shortly after 4pm that day, police found a thigh bone in a section of the garden that Fred stated, you need not look in. 
Investigators also found a collection of bin bags filled with bones and human remains where Fred had told them to look. These remains were shortly later identified to be the remains of Heather West. I think I read somewhere that, like, this guy, like, one of the, like, detectives, like, pulled out this thigh bone from the ground and was like, well, either Heather West has three legs or we've got more than one body. <laughs> like, he was really theatrical about it and he was, like, really proud of himself. <laughs> That's, like, the line from, like, a a Channel 5 it's drama. Hot, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Police questioned Fred as to why they had found three thigh bones, to which Fred responded oh, by God. saying that there were two further sets of human remains in his garden. You know, casual. Just a couple more bodies. Fred mm. refers to these women as if it wasn't bad this wasn't bad enough. He refers to these women as Shirley Robinson and quote Shirley's mate. He didn't even know her name. That's so fucking like, it's already disrespectful, the fact that he's murdered her and dismembered her. But then yeah. just at least remember it. He doesn't even know her name. name. It's like when you're watching that um, Des Nielsen program and he can't even remember any of their names. I'm like, it's only 15 people. I can yeah. remember 15 people's names. Especially but, if you um, had sex with them and then killed them and chopped their bodies up. Surely you could at least have the decency see, to remember their name. With Des Nilsson, I'm wonder. I always wonder whether he actually did remember it. Yeah, whether he was he was, he was it, always yeah. about playing games, wasn't he? Yeah, true. Um, sorry. sorry. You got me going, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. So both sets of remains were found on the 28th of February, um, and Fred faced three counts of murder now. After this, police decided to conduct a thorough investigation and search the entire property. After extensive questioning by police, Fred confirmed and confessed to another, quote, approximately nine murders, including those of Charmaine, Rena, and Linda Goff. Fred calmly explained to police that there were a further five bodies in the cellar, a sixth beneath the ground floor bathroom. Okay, 5th to the 8th of March. Police found a further six bodies at 25 Cromwell Street. Each victim had been mutilated and seriously abused before murder. A number of the remains had taped 12, uh, sorry, 10 to 12 times wrapped around and narrow plastic tubes inserted into their navel cavities. So, like... They were suffocated, but, like, kept alive by a tube. Yeah, yeah. All the remains were missing bones and body parts, and these have never been found. So, like, some of them were missing, like, kneecaps, like, fingers, hands, like, little Mm. things. It was, yeah, it's weird. Um, Rose West was arrested (laughs) on the 20th of (laughs) April, 1994, despite Fred's insistent claims that Rose had no knowledge of the murders. Rose was questioned and then eventually formally charged with the murder of Linda Goff. Fred and Rose were brought before magistrates on the 30th of June, 1994. Fred was charged with 11 counts of murder, Rose with 9. Since her arrest, Rose had ignored all contact with her husband and had not replied to any of his letters. When these formal charges were read against them, Fred leaned into his wife in the courtroom and placed a reassuring hand on her shoulder. Rose is known to have pushed Fred's hand away and visibly winced, quote, according to reporters. Like... I don't know. She definitely wore the pants in that relationship. I think also now that he didn't, he had no beneficial, like no benefit to her, like she was done. Yeah, yeah. Like she, he can't protect her anymore. She's been charged like, with his murder. So like, you're, I don't want to be part of he, your life anymore. Like he got them caught. Yeah, that too. So again, he's being disowned by a family because he got caught. Wow, nice link, Lydia. Yeah. 
It was like, you know, when you write an essay and you link it back to the beginning, you're like, fuck yeah, this oh, is mate, going to that, be an A-star that is essay. Fucking A-star like A marks, that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rose, Rose's pies, Fred. She's not interested anymore. She's thinking, Ugh, look, he's fucking gross. So following this, Fred becomes increasingly depressed and this worsens after Rose made public reports to the press that she was innocent and was in fact a grieving mother who had lost a daughter and a stepdaughter to her husband. In response to this, Fred withdrew his initial statement that Rose was innocent and instead accused his wife of almost total culpability. I fucking love the bitterness. I know, so much drama. Yeah. It's like, isn't it like this with every couple that kills? Oh yeah, they always turn on each other. So, love will tear us apart again. Who says that? Exactly. Is that Aha? No idea, but if you want something done right, do it yourself. Yeah. Um, okay, so Fred made one final plea to Rose and wrote her a letter on her 41st birthday, and it stated this. Well, Rose, it's your birthday and you'll be 41. Still beautiful, still lovely, and I love you. The most wonderful thing in my life was when I met you. Our love is special to us. Keep your promises to me. You know what they are. You will always be Mrs. West all over the world. That is important to me and to you. I haven't got you a present. But all I have is my life. I will give it to you, my darling. When you are ready, come to me. Rose sent this letter back to Fred, unread and unopened. And on the 1st of January 1995, Fred committed suicide by asphyxiation. He died in Winston Green Prison in Birmingham um, before he could be tried in court. See, I think his suicide is less about he doesn't want to be brought to justice and more about the fact that she's abandoned him. Yeah, me too. But also, there's a lot of speculation around that, whether or not it was actually a suicide. Mm. You know, with like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I mean, I think Fred West is on a few levels lower than Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, yeah, like. for sure. And, uh, in, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, if you want to die, trust me, you can die. But I promise you this, it is very, very hard for you to kill yourself in prison. Yeah. It is really hard for someone to not notice and and, yeah. and get get to you before you kill yourself yeah it's really hard but and i mean if, you do, like they I really said, have to not if you're care. really if you're really committed to dying like you'll find a way but i don't know mm. on the 22nd of november 1994 right yeah, no 1995 sure no 1994 i was i was just a little baby i wasn't even alive Ugh. didn't yeah. even exist yet I had no idea what I would become talking about this evil witch. (laughs) So on the 22nd of November, 1994, Rose West was found guilty of 10 counts of murder and was sentenced to life in prison, with the judge emphasising that she would never be released. During the trial, prosecutor Brian Leverson stated the bodies were discovered at Cromwell Street and Midland Road are secrets more terrible than words can express. He also pointed out that Fred was in prison at the time Charmaine had died and claimed that Fred and Rose had learnt from their mistakes and allowed Caroline Owens to live. Well, that was that was hard to get that sentence out. Yeah, but that was like what we said before, you know, when we were talking about Caroline Owens. She's the one that they, like, strangled in the kitchen and then let her go and then she reported it to police yeah. and nothing really happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah they'd learnt their mistake. They weren't going to let people get away anymore. Exactly. 
Rose herself testified, despite advice from her counsel. She seemed sad and remorseful, but also upbeat and humorous at times. Rose claimed to be a victim of rape and child abuse and stated that she naively married a violent and domineering man. The last witness in Rose's trial was Janet Leach, Fred's appointed appropriate adult, who we uh, spoke about last time. Janet stated that gradually Fred had deemed her as a confidant and had told her that he and Rose made a pact on the 25th of February prior to their arrest, whereby he would take full responsibility for the murders. Rose is currently in prison in HMP New Hall, I don't know where that is, where she continues to protest her innocence. Crazy. Mm. So yeah, I think I think they made they made a pact, didn't they? And then she kind of disowned him and he was like, oh fuck this. Yeah. Fred's body was cremated on the twenty ninth of March nineteen ninety five. Wow, I wasn't even alive. <laughs> I wasn't even in my mummy's tummy yet. Nothing. I was still a little baby. Yes. The service lasted five minutes, during which Reverend Robert Simpson reminded people that, quote, they must also remember everyone else who has also suffered because of these tragic events. So basically, let's not feel sorry for this fucking guy. But also, what people were there to mourn I don't know. I don't people? think that many people were there. Mm. Again, a bit like a COVID funeral. There was not really anyone there. Yeah. Um... The West children were given new identities to protect them from their notoriety. Charmaine and Rena's remains were cremated in Kettering. They shared a coffin um, and Anna Marie insisted that no roses were to be brought to the service. That makes me like shudder. Yeah, it's like... Makes me feel like... I wouldn't have thought of that. Some kind of way, yeah. Rose's various appeals have been rejected and she has since been given a whole life tariff, effectively denying her any possibility of parole. I think she's a, she's one of very few women that have been given like a whole life tariff. Yeah. No possibility of parole ever. She will die in prison. Mm. Um, 25 Cromwell Street was demolished in October 1996. It was referred to by the press as the House of Horrors, I think. There were loads of people going there and, like, trying to look at it and stuff, so they demolished it, didn't they? And now it's just a... Yeah, I can imagine people, are, like, trying to break in and everything, like... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Can you imagine, like, YouTubers? Especially stuff? kids, like... Not that YouTube was a thing in 1996. <laughs> no, but can you imagine? Yeah. Like a Blair Witch Project type of thing. Definitely. So, that is the end of... The West murders, but it's not the end of the episode. So carry on listening. Okay, cool, deal. <laughs> okay, don't tune out. If you want to take a little thirty-minute break, not thirty-minute break, but we're <laughs> at thirty minutes now, so take a little break, and we're gonna get right yeah. back to you. So I wanted to speak a little bit about Rose Rose's relationship slash friendship because we we'll never know with Myra Hindley, the one and only. <laughs> I Honestly, am the I just, one and only. <laughs> so I just found this like so fascinating because I didn't know until I saw the like trailer for the Trevor McDonald documentary. Yeah, no, me neither. Oh, I, literally, I mean, I guess it makes sense because, well, Myra Hindley's crimes were like 30 years before, but like, it makes sense. Like they would yeah. have no one else to be friends with. But you just exactly. kind of, you almost don't think that they would put two such notorious female prisoners in the same prison 
Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know. It seems like quite a, like a security risk almost. Yeah. I don't know if it is though. So this documentary, which I'll be honest, I thought was going to be a bit more interesting than it was, but mm. it's, it's an easy watch for an hour. Just take an hour of your day, relax, watch it. Be on um, ITV Player. Just catch up, you know, how as we do in England. If you're in America or wherever else, Soz, don't know how to help oh, you. Oh, I bet you can get it on YouTube. Yeah, probably. So basically, the documentary went into, rather than going into about their crimes individually, they went into their sort of relationship in prison, but also the environment in prison that they lived in as well. So they talked to past inmates and things, and they spoke about their experiences with Myra Hindley and Rose West, both separately and together. So the two met in Durham Prison, and it's reported that after they bonded over the details of their crimes, even though apparently Rose claimed she's innocent, so what crime you bonded over there? Rose? Yeah, um, Myra Hindley was just a victim of... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they entered into a romantic relationship where they were reportedly inseparable, except, you know, when they were locked up at night. So was... <laughs> um, <laughs> but apparently... Prisoner relationships are allowed, but sex is against the rules because the premises are technically classed as public places, which I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a bit different because I work in a male prison, so I don't think I've ever seen a I mean, it makes relationship. Sense. I just never even thought about it. But yeah, I know that like sex is prohibited. Like There was like a big thing about whether or not they could give male prisoners condoms like to keep them safe yeah and stuff but yeah i know it is like against the rules but i cannot imagine ever having to confront someone like i mean i kind of thought it was mainly because it just caused drama (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) i guess it's i guess i think that's probably more prevalent in female prisons definitely yeah 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 but also to be noted that we know myra was bisexual and i didn't know rose was but i did know she had both male and female encounters when she was uh working as a sex worker i think they both were i think that was something that bonded them you know the same with like ian and myra i think yeah, Fred yeah, and Rose yeah. bonded so, over the fact that they were like both but rose also said that she preferred having sex with women because it took the violence out of it yeah because with men it was always violent i guess as rough, well, like which i think is quite sad i'm not a psychologist and i don't know what i'm talking about by any means but i think if you imagine like you've been physically abused by your dad since you were a li- like a young girl like yeah, yeah. you want like the tender touch of like a woman sometimes that's what I'm, that's what I mean I mean yeah, like... it, to me that makes total sense yeah 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 but I think it's just sad like yeah it is sad and to to, yeah. only, to only look at men and imagine like violence and like rape and stuff that's really horrible and sad mm. so convict Linda Cowley who encountered them while doing time at Durham prison said their relationship definitely looked romantic she said, I remember a prison officer told me I'd love to know what the gruesome twosome were up to. Then he said, actually, on second thoughts, I wouldn't. Calvi said that they were thick as thieves or thick as murderers. <laughs> thick as two fucking oh. child murderers. <laughs> she said the prison had a policy of letting inmates socialise on the female wing, adding the governor was quite liberal and let us out between 8am and 9pm if we didn't have any work. And she claimed the long, unlocked hours left plenty of time for two of Britain's most notorious women to get to know each other. 
Calvi, who served 18 years after refusing to confess to the mur- to murder, said West and Hindley looked close, but when their falling out came, it was sudden. She recalled the start of the relationship and revealed the rift was about two months after. So it was a very oh, short... Oh, okay. That was really short-lived then. Yeah. Okay. So apparently Rose thought Myra was the brighter one of her and Brady. Quote, she said, you have to watch for Hindley. She's very manipulative. Oh, she's clever, all right. She's flipping dangerous, that one. I mean, which is just saying. I mean, I think that's kind of obvious when you look at how Myra Hindley like manipulated like the victims, like the that's priests I mean, and the governors yeah, yeah. and stuff, and like tried to convince the public that she was like fucking yeah. rehabilitated. Yeah. So this is the kicker. This is this is the cherry on top of that Sunday. Okay, according I'm ready. Give to report. So according to reports, the couple fell out and broke off their relationship because they couldn't decide who was more famous. <laughs> who is more famous, do you reckon? Myra, definitely. Ah, oh, interesting, because I would say Rose. Internationally, yeah, it's Myra. Yeah. As a female, like, as a standalone, you see the picture and you know who that is, Myra. Yeah, actually, yeah. maybe you're right, yeah. She is the face of evil. But I think Rose's crimes are, are worse. I mean, not that you can put talk, a fucking... Yeah, not that you can really, yeah. like put them into levels but i think what rose and fred did was i don't know i think ian and what's the name of worse because oh, i don't know either at least now they I'm found thinking... all the bodies i'm thinking you're right i think they're worse because they made it into a game i think what's important to remember here lydia is that they were both fucking horrendous i don't think we should be now why are we fighting <laughs> about who's more famous i think maybe we need to stop yeah. We're just yeah. fucking feeding their ego. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine if Rose Breast listening Rose, to if you're listening to this, imagine you're a listen- wanker and we all hate you. But also, where did you get that cardigan from that you wore? <laughs> when- did you go to Specsavers for those glasses? Yeah, but I actually kind of like your cardigan. <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine so many people hate us. <laughs> I literally was so fucking dumb. So there's obviously a lot of questions surrounding couples who kill and carry out murders, you know, like Fred and Rose West and the Moors murders. How do they get mm-hmm. to that point? That's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah. yeah. How do they come to the conclusion of this is what we want to do? With How our do you sit there with your boyfriend? You're like, I love you so much. You know what we should do? We should kill a kid. Yeah. Um, the assumption is often that there is one driving force and the other person just like is um, the follower. The follower. I was trying to think of the word that Rose got convicted of. An accomplice. Accomplice, yeah. So one is like the worker, the driver, and one is an accomplice. Generally, there is a dominant partner, and this isn't exclusive to killer couples. You know, like any couples, there's like a dominant partner. Or business, mm-hmm. criminal. I mean, even me and you, but I wouldn't know. I mean, it's probably you. <laughs> <laughs> I have kept you alive all these years. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know who it is, but I was thinking, hmm, you literally fed me. All the way during through uni, kept me alive m- multiple nights out. Even now, you do all the editing for the podcast. You text me if we if you didn't text me, we probably wouldn't talk for like weeks straight because I just don't turn my phone on. Or it's just that I am in constant need of attention. Yeah, I mean both, but I kind of like it. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. There's always some kind of hierarchy, and Lydia's at the top of our hierarchy. That's my point. <laughs> Can you say this French word? Uh, folly I do. 
Ooh. Ooh, la la. Folly Maybe. of is a psychiatric syndrome whereby a delusion or psychosis is shared by two people. Had one of the four killers shown remorse or tried to avoid the gorier side of their murders, it might be reasonable to conclude that Folly Adu was not at play here. But given the barbarity shown by all parties, it's highly likely that the madness of the two was in full effect. If not, it was quite a coincidence that such depraved people found each other. The case of the West played out rather atypically. Male-slash-female couples that kill almost always see the men pulling the blooded strings. Not so at 25 Cromwell Street in Gloucester. Frederick West was a rapist and a murderer, no doubt, but he was the primary figure in the dozen murders he and his wife were responsible for. Far from it. Rose's sadistic tendencies and bloodlust far outweighed Fred's. Again, collusion and coercion were at play. The crucial difference with the West was that the gender roles were reversed. Make no mistake, Fred West was a violent sadistic character that was no more than capable of murder. But we're just saying that maybe Rose was maybe... The... So he was the, he was the brute and she was the brains. Yeah, I think Rose was kind of the boss. I mean, yeah, you can see definitely. it in her picture. She's like big mama, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fred's this little fucking weasel. Yeah. So we have gone into a lot about couples who kill, obviously. This is our third case, right? Oh, so, yeah, this was like a nice little conclusion. I didn't even think about that. We're kind of like rounding off. Yeah. That's cute. And I personally have always found couples who kill fascinating because, again, how do people like that find each other? Like, it, it's just... it. It baffles me, basically. Yeah, that's like what I was saying earlier when you're like, oh, I love you. What should we go do? Kill a kid. Like, who the fuck? And exactly. Imagine being with someone and they're like, you know, I have this fantasy of like killing a person and you're just like, yeah, cool. I'll do that with you. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like, and the the chances of you meeting someone that is like that is like one in a billion. That's what I mean, though. Like, how do, this is three couples now. How? How does that happen? So anyway... How the press reacts to women who kill in the manner of Hindley and Rose West is fascinating. Brady and Fred West were easy to depict. They were callous, violent and cold-blooded killers, just like any number of serial killers. But Myra and Rose, they were truly evil, apparently. Sociologist and criminologist, that was always my dream job to be a criminologist. <laughs> Not entirely sure why, but still. Francis Mary Hedenshon. Let's just go with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Calls it the double deviancy theory. The media and then the public apply twice the scorn on women that break societal taboos as extreme as sexual abuse or child murder. The women who commit such crimes are not only guilty of the crimes themselves, but they are also guilty of deviating from the norms of society. In effect, one might expect violence from a man, but from a woman, that is just unthinkable. Cynics can scoff and dismiss Hedenshun's ideas as merely the stuff of feminist theory. We love a bit of feminist theory. Oh, yeah. yeah. But think about the case of Maxine Carr and Carrie Matthews. Both are responsible for reprehensible, albeit very different, crimes. Neither, however, killed In Carr's case, she merely perjured herself, in all likelihood within the context of an abusive relationship. Maxine Carr, if you don't know, is the was the girlfriend of um, the Sewan murder. You know Holly and Jessica. 
And what, did she kill him? No, 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 no. So he killed the girls, but she perjured herself because she lied for him. Oh. We need to do that case because... Did you know why she was lying for him? Yeah, it was an abusive relationship. Like, he was manipulative, like... Yeah. Um... She hadn't covered anything up like hidden evidence or anything as far as I know. So the scorn and hatred is hardly undeserved. But one thing these two degenerate couples did seem to have in common is that society seemed much more interested in vilifying the women. Hmm, interesting. Dun, dun, dun. I, I mean, is- you do find it, like, you will vilify a woman more than a man. I think so you do because- expect men to be violent. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the, the just the history of the violence between men. Or it's like yeah. the idea that a woman is supposed to be a mother and love and be kind and gentle. I think it's we all have. I'm. Um, I hate. Like I realize how bad this is going to sound. I'm going to sound like such an angry feminist, but we have very low standards for men. Like we expect them to be violent of some way, whether it's verbally or physically. Yeah. It's sad, do you know what I mean? Actually, so no, we don't, that, yeah. especially as women in the society, we don't have very high standards of men. If you find a good one, you've got to keep hold of that one. And you do have it where there are cases where the woman is the more violent one and the woman is the abusive one. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Mean, I think that's might, definitely the case with Fred and Rose. Yeah, and it might be underreporting or it might just be the case that it doesn't happen often. But it, do, it does happen. It's, we're not just saying that men are the only violent ones, not at all, like... But no, and I think when it comes to like abusive wars. relationships where it's like men are the victims, like they don't really speak out because like we have this idea that like men exactly. are supposed to be like, strong. Men get them. raped, men yeah. get abused, like it all happens as well. But as as society sees it, what, rather than as in how we see it as individuals, men are the more violent sex. Like it might just be that it's the minority that of women that are as well yeah wow because people do for people do go towards the norm of what society teaches them that was a bloody deep dive wasn't it mate are we a criminal a criminology podcast right now no, i feel like feminine like a feminist although yeah. i am a feminist but my brother tries to tell me i'm a militant femi- feminist as if yeah, i'm a fuck, terrorist like, but fuck, fuck yeah yeah i am what yeah, of it like, why is so that a bad what? thing at work if anyone if anyone ever pisses me off at work i'm like would you do that to a man and they fucking can't cope yeah they're like it's like, like so what, defensive um, and i'm like if there's no problem why are you getting defensive yeah they don't know what to say they're like yeah. piss on my voice. i'm like would you do that to a man they're like oh, blah, 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 blah. i go no yeah. you wouldn't why are you doing that to me yeah and they go oh you're not a feminist are you yeah i am you should be one too fuck yeah. me vilify me for being a feminist and judge yourself for not being one anyway right that's the end of that so that's now you know off, about Bernardo Carla Hamoka, you know about Ian Brady Mara Hindley and you know about Fred and Rose West and you also know that we should all be feminists yes and if you don't agree don't talk to us yeah if you don't if you don't think that everyone should be feminist then you can really you can just leave I don't really care for you this space is not for you no, this is not an open, happy space. You need to be a feminist to enter. Um, yes. So next week, what are we doing next week? We are on the Halloween theme. Oh, spooky. Um, I'm not entirely sure what one we're doing first. No, me neither. And I'm also about to hit a seven day straight at work. So oh. if I if I am MIA, that's why. 
So you mean if there's no podcast up? If we're late, we're late. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> no, I'll try not to and be. Because uh, we, we're be doing quite well recently. Um, and I'm sure I can find yeah. an hour to fucking record. But like, okay, so maybe we'll do a poll on Instagram of which ones you want first. And then we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I've started watching Ratched. If anyone would like to watch it on Netflix, it's very good. It's got that the woman from American Horror Story. You know, the really pretty lady. Yeah. But it's also got the guy who was in Circus in Freak Show. Um, I can't even remember his name. But it's quite good. It's pretty gory. Is that the only one he was in? I don't know. I haven't watched all the American Horror Stories, I must be honest. Have you not? I, I think he was in more. I can't watch them on my own. He wasn't in the first few, but yeah, he might be in more. Yeah. But yeah, so watch that if you are not too scared of... There's lots of blood, lots of blood. <laughs> and everyone's shagging everyone. I mean, yeah, it's hard to. Keep it all up. goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Blood yeah. and gore and sex. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So that's it. That's it. Hope you enjoyed. Yes. Follow us on Instagram. What is it? At everything with the girls. Yes. Make sure you put, go in on our polls and stuff. We're going to do some polls. Um. Yeah. See you later. Bye.